The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top top five movies. Top five movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Top Five Movies. I'm Jonathan Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. I'm delaying my response, in keeping mm. with my theme of tardiness. Ah. Hello, hello. Um, yes, yeah, so we are. Uh, we're going to be talking about our top five movies, either set in space or about space, depending on uh, which direction we wanted to go. In honor of the release of Damien Chazelle's new film, First Man, the uh, biopic about Neil Armstrong, which I'm hearing is not so much biopic as it is like interpretation of the events. Um, starring Ryan Gosling, I, I was supposed to see it this weekend and I was not able to, so I'm going to be a week behind seeing uh, First Man, which disappoints me a little bit, but. Um, I did I see. Go in, I can go into Shatner mode if you want. Speak. No, fine. No. Ooh. All you need to do is sing really badly. What? Oh snap! That's oh, a. That, I, I could, <laughs> clearly, I could do that too. Same. Yeah. I felt kind of like a low blow to Shatner, but um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I instead um I opted to I was only going to see one movie this weekend because I was busy. It was my daughter's homecoming weekend, and um, that meant. You know, being a dad first and a film critic second. Um, plus, we also have grades due this week, so I had to be a teacher before I was a film critic. Because uh, you know, that is the the job that pays the bills. Um, Responsibilities. So, yeah, you know, sometimes it, I see a lot of movies. Despite, um, and of course, part of my job is watching movies. But um, I ended up going to see the uh, Bad Times at the El, Roy- El Royale uh, today, and um, I was not disappointed. I'm... Oh, okay, because just that first glance it reminds me it gave me it gave me some ptsd it triggered me to uh one night at mccool's i don't think i know that one but and you and you shouldn't and that's the thing is it was a disaster and it had like a star cast at the time and Mm. it was bad so whenever i saw the all the promotional stuff i'm like it feels familiar so i'm hoping that that's not the case well, um, I, I liked it. I wasn't blown away by it. It's definitely uh, an entertaining movie. Um, it's well made, and it is uh, Drew Goodard. Um, I might be saying that wrong. It might be Goodard, <gasps> um, um, who did Cabin from, in the Woods. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's his It's his movie, which apparently it's his second movie, which I don't know what he's been doing since he did Cabin in the Woods, because that came out several years ago. Um, Taking a break. <laughs> maybe. He might be doing other work in the industry or something that I, you know, I haven't looked him up, but... Um, yeah, I like I like Cabin in the Woods a whole lot, and I, I like this movie a lot too. But I still wasn't. I don't know. I'm still kind of sitting with it. I only saw it a couple hours ago. I haven't wrote my review yet. Um, that will be up uh, probably before I, we post top five movies. But um, I am planning on seeing First Man. But that's why we decided this week we would look into the stars and find our favorite films that deal with them um, in some capacity. And of course, by stars, I don't mean actors and actresses. I mean space. Oh darn! Um, oh, I thought you meant the alternative band that uh, oh. one of my students and I discovered we both really like. Ah, I I, I don't know who that alternative band is, but um, but uh, Mike, I I did see I I did not follow your Snapchat, but I follow your Instagram, and um, I saw that you watched Eighth Grade. I think I actually rented just on a whim. I rented 
that and Won't You Be My Neighbor. Oh my uh, goodness, two of my favorites of the year, Mike. It, well, hopefully I won't disappoint you with at least one of them. <sighs> Which one didn't uh, you like? Did you okay. ugly cry for Won't You Be My Neighbor? Please tell uh, me yes. We'll, okay, we'll get, to, we'll get to that for a minute. Let's start with the one. Okay. And I'm glad I did it in order because I've done this in the past where... I rented a few, and I'm like, okay, I'm saving the best for last. Not that, all right. So, not that eighth grade was bad. I, I, for me, I think the feel, the, the, I'm thinking I went into it with all this buildup for it, that overshadowed the actual film. And to me, I'm going into it comparing it to, let's say, Lady Bird, which is totally unfair because it's such a different film and such a different tone, different character. I mean, I'm definitely going to give it another viewing. Mm. Uh, I think it's it's and and it's not so, well. Okay. There was a couple of bits I missed. I know one for sure when Kayla tosses her phone. I know that she probably was looking at something inappropriate and she tossed her phone and <laughs> shattered the screen and I didn't catch what was going on there. Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I, um, <laughs> I, I've, I've lost. I can't. Sometimes in class I lose the capacity to English. Yes. My students have picked up on that and they're like, and they fill in the, the, the bits, which, which is like a Mad Libs game, but real life. Okay, so let me get back in. So, uh, I do want to watch it again, and Elsie Fisher that played Kayla Day is definitely a revelation. She carried herself and handled herself so well in it, and I don't know, maybe for me, having worked in schools, elementary, middle, and high school, having my own baggage from those times, and seeing what some of mine now even go through, you see it, uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know, yeah, for uh, sure. it, 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 it triggers me, and I know over the last couple of weeks, just some of this stuff that I've picked up on, and, it, uh, you know, it, it's rough, and especially in the one part where, and I don't know why she would have done that, where she ends up writing home alone, and oh, I just yeah, got, yeah. I got, I got very it. tense. Yes, it's just what he's and, going for. Yeah, and I just didn't, I disliked it, I'm glad, um, you know that that was going. I just really had a bad feeling about it. Um, the dad character, I mean, he's trying. He felt like he was trying so hard, and I guess being a single dad, you would be. I don't. I, I can't imagine what that with would a daughter. Be like. You can't. Yeah, imagine. with a daughter on top. Like I, I guess. I guess I probably would be in a similar mode if it were Abby and I alone, and you know something. Uh, forbid that happens, yeah. but uh, I don't know. It, it just for me. I was came out of it underwhelmed, but I did not dislike it. I um, I mean, to me, um, I, I I saw this months ago, and I saw it two more times in the theater. Um, I really think Bo Burnham uh, did a terrific job as a first-time director um, telling the story. I love a lot of the choices in the film. I thought the use of music was really, really great. And so it's, it's one of my top... Uh, I don't believe it's in my top five, but it is in my top ten for the year at the moment, um, which the year's not over, and there's a lot of movies I'm looking forward to, but um, I, I've heard uh, mixed things. Um, I know Big Tuna, when he saw it the first time, he was underwhelmed, and the second viewing, he was more uh, attached to it. Um, and Corey, you saw 8th grade too, right? Yeah. And you uh, you liked it a whole lot, if I recall, right? I loved it. I so. I did not loathe it, and that means, I mean, I did not truly despise it or hate it. It just left me wanting. And maybe on the second view, maybe I'm, I'm on the Big Tuna and I are on the same page. I, I I did not dislike it, and I thought she was so good, and so many things. And 
my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, mm, yep, that would happen. That's so very true. Just little bits and pieces. And then there's a scene where the one boy asks if the girl does something and she has no idea what she's saying <laughs> and agreeing yeah. to and totally saying that she is amazing at. And we're like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And then she does her research and then it goes, I, I, that, that made that me, sequence with the banana. Yeah, I was like, Oh man. That, that scene like, is so oh, funny. I need, a, I need a pineapple banana smoothie now. Cause I, I've been doing that more. Oh. On and off, pineapple, banana, and ice, and whatnot, just something simple. See, I've and been like, watching oh. um, Psych. I'm, I'm almost through season two. <laughs> the and there's a pineapple in every episode of Psych uh, in some way. Um, it's pretty entertaining. But uh, And then, okay, so let's get... So you liked Won't You Be My Neighbor, I take it, since you said you saved the best for last? Yes, well, we're going on that being triggered thing, and that's exactly what Won't You Be My Neighbor did to me. And I mean that in the best way possible. I grew up watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and I am by no means the same way that he is or was at, at all of the time, because that was he genuinely seemed to be that way, and so even killed. I think my public persona, because in the classroom, the kids haven't seen my moodiness, haven't seen, you know what I mean? Not that I'm not a robot, that are, I'm not a person, it's just, I keep it pretty even keeled, and I try not to freak out on them because I think they, they're coming from maybe places where people freak out on them for everything all the time. And he's, I mean, to say that he spoke to me is, is just redundant because he spoke to all of us uh-huh. of that generation. It leaves me wondering what our society would be like if we could go back to that kind of simplicity, that thing that he brought forth. Um, and, you know, it was touching, and if you even spent a minimum of time with Fred Rogers, it just will speak to you. It spoke to me. It, it was an emotional roller coaster, and just the bits, and when he's reunited with the one uh, guest the that he had, yes, yeah, uh, and the genuine, you know, uh, uh, he's just so genuine. And that's that's such the right uh, word. <sighs> Um, I would and, say it's absolutely fantastic, but that's been quoted on a poster. So, you know... Uh, 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 it, it's... Oh, well. It, well, this is one that I want to watch again and again. I mean, I want to watch the other one as well, but this one... Um, I started off with, with my son, and I don't know. He did not either get into it. I'm not sure what he thought it was going to be, and he didn't finish it. Mm. But it just was... Oh, it, I... Yeah, the... I kind of lost count. I am not... I'm by no means an emotional person i've had this conversation just going back to counseling the kids and there's been situations in the past week and i i basically tell them you know when you guys hurt i hurt i weep and i'm not usually that way i I never have been in the past so it's yeah this one got me and so yeah Corey got it pretty much on the nose um it's totally against how i usually am i don't dive into it but you know, he, he he just was such an example and just the little things that the crew would do, like the one guy he's uh, stealing cameras just, I could see, to take pictures of his bike and you know, and oh, being, so being that they're fi- film cameras, they wouldn't be digital, you wouldn't discover them until later, just oh, there's yeah, so yeah. much, there's so much in there that um, it went fast, it was like, whoa and it was done, and it just really worked. It was, it's, yeah, I wish I'd gone. I know Polk Theater had it for a little bit, didn't they? 
Yes, it, it did. I took Taylor to see it then, um, and she she actually. I'm sorry, that's wrong. I took Taylor to see it at um, the Enzian, and then oh, it wow. came to Folk Theater, and I took Taylor and Kathy and one of Taylor's friends, and um, yeah, Kathy cried so much she got a migraine. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I mean, but yeah, if you grew up, yeah, I mean that that's that's our generation, and it was it was difficult, and I liked that they addressed. The people that disliked him at, near the end at his funeral. I mean, how? I will never understand people that do that. And I, I know that we are a country built on free speech, but it's like, why would you know what I mean? That that certain and, and then there Have were a little bit of respect. Uh, yeah, time and place. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to censor someone, but that just for considering who he well, and they even addressed it. They even asked him. Uh, why they were there it wasn't so much for Fred Rogers as much as the fact that he wasn't hate mongering true yeah well um I don't want to I mean I could talk about won't you be my neighbor for like five or six days probably <laughs> but um you know I'm glad you liked that one I I, I do wish you liked eighth grade a little more but I, I'm, I'm glad you didn't hate it at least uh I have heard mixed reviews. I think it's a really... I mean, Elsie Fisher, as you mentioned, just outstanding performance. And I think Burnham, um, he, he... I've also heard him talk about his process, and he put a lot of thought into making a movie. It wasn't like, here's a camera and go shoot something. It, it is a very well-crafted film, and while you may or may not like all of the choices, I appreciate... I like all the choices, to be honest, but I can appreciate, uh, at, at least on the skill level, that he put time into making them. It wasn't a rushed, you know, slap together film it's a very well thought out process and i mean for a male writer to tell that story from a female perspective um i, I was nose. super impressed by that so yeah and it seemed so i hate to throw the term around but it's so organic it seemed so natural and it just came that that for sure worked and i'm not sure why i came out of it i don't know I'll yeah, watch no, it again. no. Uh, yeah, I mean, you never know. Sometimes it's just, uh, it could be anything. It could be anything that just doesn't click, you know? But we need to, uh, well, actually, Corey, I, I talked about something I saw. Mike talked about a couple he watched. Was there anything you've seen since our uh, last encounter on Top 5 that you want to I watched mention? Slither. Oh, you watched Slither? I need to watch that. Um, Slither the James, the James Gunn. Gunn. Yeah, yeah I just, we just added it to our voodoo because uh, it's it was part of a really good promotion voodoo has for horror it was month. Like three for sixteen or teen or something. Three yeah. for sixteen. I think it's three, three for fourteen. I think it was yeah. Uh, like that's not bad either. No, um, that's better. Have have you all have you guys watched um, Night of the Creeps? We've talked about Night of the Creeps before. Mm-mm. Oh, uh, if the, see for me, Slither was definitely an homage to that one, and um, it, it's a lot of similarities. Not exactly the same. Uh, there's definitely the James Gunniness that he brought to to Slither, um, but Slug Creatures and that stuff. It, it, it's I would recommend it. It's not the it's not high class cinema, but it's just a lot of little tongue in cheek references. To horror movie directors, I've brought it up before, but I forget which episode we talked about that one. Yeah, because yeah. I remember looking it up and seeing the cover. Yeah, I remember that too. Um, but uh, I want to watch that. I still haven't had a chance yet. Um, I'm I'm working on some lesson plan stuff, so I have some movies I have to watch for like uh, some lessons that we're gonna be doing. So 
I'm putting some of those on the back burner, and that's one of them I really want to watch, but I'll probably not get to it for a little while. Uh, did you end up liking it? Oh, I've already seen it. Oh, I didn't realize you'd seen Slither. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm just the one who hasn't seen it. I well, haven't seen it since you, it first came out, though. You haven't seen it? No, I have not. Um, wow, this yeah. is a perfect month for it. I know, yes. and that's I'm hoping I can fit it in. Um, but, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff coming out, like the new Halloween movie is coming out. Uh, which I'm super excited about. I actually just watched uh, the first one again. I took uh, my daughter and I went Wednesday night and saw Halloween 1978 nice. on the big screen at uh, the. Well, you know how Epic Theater was doing the the retro screenings that we went to and we saw Big Trouble Little China. That's, oh, in that same place. Well, no, uh, that same. I, I can't even remember what it's called. Like film. Film flashback. Or there flashback. you go. Uh, there, that's at the Lakeland Cobb now too. So Sundays and Wednesdays at the Lakeland what? Cobb, they're doing it. So. That's um, closer. It is much closer. It's about half an hour closer. <laughs> so uh, w- I found out it was there on Wednesday, and I did like a, a literal audible. Like I didn't even realize. I found out on Wednesday at like 4.30 that it was happening. Oh, um, wow. And I was like, I, I have stuff I have to grade. So like I brought papers with me, and w- I graded while we ate dinner and then went to the movie. Um, and it was. I'm really glad I got to see it on the big screen. I've never seen Halloween on the big screen. It was definitely awesome. And you know how he does the film flashback, does the little uh, preview um, mm-hmm. building into it and you know talked about the whole process and how they did it and then Jamie Lee Curtis being Janet Lee's daughter which somehow I had uh, not realized um, so I was like super excited to learn that detail um, but yeah so it was awesome and uh, I recommend if you have a theater somewhere near you that has something like that whether it's the flashback cinema or um, just like a, a local you're lucky enough to have a theater that plays retro screenings um that's to me there's just no better way to see a movie than on a big screen especially those flashback screenings a lot of times you have a more respectful crowd because it's usually film nerds that are trying to like that really want to see it and yeah be there. on the screen well, and, uh, unless you get super fan 99 uh, or whatever it, this jerk it was a big, gator. <laughs> big, big gator. gator big gator or this jerk that was sitting next to me at uh halloween that started foot tapping oh. to the music like audibly foot tapping to the the freaking theme song and i'm like not at the beginning like in the middle when mike myers and i'm like i'm looking over at him like are you kidding me maybe you think everyone wants to hear your foot tap like i i I will say i laughed at your post that i wanted i wanted to be that guy when i when i saw the hashtag mike myers i'm like i I kept thinking in voice and and austin powers voice and yes uh, so i married an ex-murder voice i'm like you know what this room needs well, you know what? We ha- we had a uh, that actually happened in my class the other day because a student <laughs> brought up Mike Myers the uh, from Halloween because they were excited about the new movie, and this other student's like Austin Powers, and I was like, oh my god, did Baby Driver just happen in my classroom? And, and she was completely clueless uh, to that, and it was just like a fun detail um, that I was like, all right, well that's great because that's you know. I love Baby Driver. I love Halloween, and I actually am a fan of Austin Powers movies. So you know what? It all balances Honestly, out. my middle name is Danger. Oh, I haven't done that in so long. We got rid of number the, two. Who's number two? Oh uh, yeah, who's number two? Wow. Point. I, I would appreciate you not talking about my personal habits. Uh, <laughs> it's been so long since number two, huh, Mike? Um, <laughs> Corey. <laughs> Uh, do you know uh, who happens to be the order of today's episode? Because I, I do. You, it's rock. me, Mike, and John. All right. You. I thought I went first last time. Um, 
And then that means it's time, folks, that we get into our top five list. Well, we'll be talking about our top five space movies. But before we do that, Corey. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about these movies in great detail. Please go to BrickReviews.com to check out each of our top five movies. Otherwise, you've been warned. So, if you've never listened to the podcast before, here's what happens. Uh, We have our topic. We build our list in secret, and then we go... Um, from five to one, revealing our list uh, in the cycle that Corey mentioned. This week it'll be Corey, Mike, and then myself. Um, from five to one, our favorite space movies or movies about space, depending on how we approach the list. Or it could alternate between movies. There might be one that's about space or one that's set in space. Um, I kind of I decided I think mainly to put set in space for mine, but um, there was no real stipulation. And so um, the other thing that we like to do though is Mike. If you've even if you just listened to the first twenty minutes, you probably caught Mike watches some things that Corey and I haven't even heard of, and we like to wager how many of Mike's movies uh, we have seen. This is an unofficial wager, although I am making plans to make this a more official thing. Where maybe at the end of the year, the one who has uh, been more accurate has to watch one of Mike's movies. Oh, okay. I thought it was gonna be for money. Oh, we don't have that kind of money. You're talking to the wrong people, yeah. Mike. <laughs> For money. We're going to stake a quarter on this. Um, penny, pe- penny, penny, penny. We should put in a little, have a little, you know, whatever. It'll be, It'll be like, like uh, $3.50. You know what we like, should do? Uh, <laughs> what? We should have... Mikey at uh, the, the $5 tables in Vegas. A, t- a top five movie, like, money jar. And since it's five, the loser every week should have to put a nickel into said jar. And then at the end of the year, we have this big wad of money um, that you know, we both have collectively put into. Uh, and then Mike gets an ice cream cone. Like that'll be the. Why does Mike only get the prizes? Well, I mean, it's, it's Mike's list, so you know he's tortured. But what about the person who wins? Oh, okay, that's a good point. Oh, well, I always, almost always win. Statistically, I, I mean, I'll, I it's... will get even more creative with these lists than. With I that said, <laughs> um, Corey, how many of Mike's movies on his space list do you think you have seen? Ugh, I'll go with two. Um, I, I think I'll go big. Um, I'm going to go three. Uh, so that's that's not very big, but I'm going to go three. Um, I, although, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I am way off because space is such a, a B-movie territory that I have no idea what direction Mike might have gone in. Um, I went mainly mainstream movies as I tend to do because um, I went with my top five and the, the B movies just don't do it for me so that said Corey you're starting us off what is your number five movie about space or set in space okay so while I was making this list I was having I even went through like our previous lists to see what our topics have been for the past like two issues because I've talked about all these movies, so sorry, not no surprises here. But I decided to go with 1995's Apollo 13. Okay. It, um, oh, go ahead. It, it even fits the theme, too, because we're talking first man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. I cannot wait to see that in IMAX. I'm going to try to go this week. I was supposed um, to see it in the Dolby Theater today, and I had to uh, dang it. postpone it. Adult. So. Um... I rewatched this a couple years ago. My grandmother came to visit. Um, I think that it definitely uh, sat a little heavier with me than when I watched it when I was much younger. Um, I don't know. So everyone knows what it's about, but it's the aborted moon landing. Um, They're just trying to get the astronauts back home after there's an explosion on board. 
and just seeing some of the um, hardships they're having to go through, uh, trying not to freeze to death for one. Um, I I don't even know what to say about the movie, but it's really good, and it was nominated for a bunch of awards, and I think won seven or nine. <laughs> Seven or nine, huh? <laughs> yeah. I was like, seven. I didn't... Nobody's talking. I feel like I'm on this episode by myself. No, I didn't want to interrupt. I mean, this is when Ron Howard making space movies that weren't solo. Um, and so, Oh, yeah. Come on. He made that? <laughs> he, That's he, right, he did. He finished solo. Okay. Uh, uh, he probably does a lot, but... um. <laughs> anyway... No, the urgency in it and going into it, even if you know what's going to happen, what what had happened and what was going to happen, just even with that, that's a, that's a difficulty with something biographical. Uh, if you know your history and keep up with news, uh, but for people as a general rule that don't, I mean, it's amazing and crazy, you know, just to come up with fittings that get all these pieces and trying to get a round fitting into a square piece or square piece into a round fitting just for the air scrubbers, something that you just don't even think of, but you have to have air recycled and cleansed out or you'll get too much CO2 and, you know, basically end up having brain damage or death uh, or freezing to death and having to uh, how, how do they even run, you know, they, they go, they, they refer back to the procedure, procedure, procedure and having a, because Gary Sinise's character has to stay back so he has to run this, he's the next person that would have known the, the mission as well as the other people on, and I think he had had a fever or something, there was something along those lines that grounded and him. Yeah, that they moved up, which crew was going to go on that um, mission, because, I mean, the we all know astronauts, like, train for longer than mm-hmm. I can even imagine, and just even that, I probably would have... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm it, never going to space, anyways. Uh, electric, uh, just the idea, because I'm no electrical engineer, and uh, we've had this t- conversation with regards to certain teaching certification for uh, that that requires your knowledge of circuits, and that has nothing to do with your book. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 asinine, but that's besides the point. Uh, the idea that they have to go down to a certain amperage, you know, the lowest of the low, and still keep them alive, so that they can get everything. And then the analogy, the analogy that always comes up to me, the margin of error uh, when they're having a basketball held up, held up to I forget what other ball, and it, it, they can only be off by the the width, not the width, but the a paper thin margin. Mm-hmm. They cannot be off degree wise, or they will burn up, or they will totally mess the earth. It's amazing, and just uh, I guess that's that's the U.S. history teacher in me that comes out. It's like I just dive into that. Um, this got me, and this was covered in uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" Is I really hope they never have some sort of docudrama on the Challenger, Challenger. disaster because that's Ooh. that that was around my time. I remember very distinctly. I, uh, when 9/11 happened, well, we had conversations with my. Oh, I did with all my students, and that was, you know, the first event where I did not forget where I was and what I was doing. For yeah. That, so. Well, I mean, there's already been several 9/11 theme movies, so. I, oh yeah. Has, Those is are there hard nothing on the Challenger? It seems like that would have been, uh, prime picking for a while, but. The closest thing that they would have had it has nothing to do with Challenger, but they were releasing. I think it was called Space Camp. 
and that got shelved because of the disaster. It was a mm. set for a release around that time, and it was about uh, students or kids, you know, in a space oh. camp that had to take over a shuttle, and you know, they were put in danger, and it just didn't work out. Um, probably the fact how many fa- well no because think of the scope of 9-11 how many families are affected through that mm-hmm. I don't know why that would never have been I, I don't, I don't want to see I wouldn't want to see it I, no I no I mean uh, I, I, it could be done tastefully but it is still yeah. like, it's it's a tragedy um, I mean they, they cover tragedy real life tragedy all the time that's why I guess I'm surprised um, you know why it's not happened because I mean if you someone must have there has to be somebody shutting it down like a legal team shutting it down because it's just there's too many but, um tragedies that have existed that we have been made turned into movies i mean from airplane crashes i mean um technically sully but sully's a happy ending but still like the whole story is a tragedy and then obviously the 9-11 being probably the biggest one but i mean even titanic while it doesn't focus on real people it's still like a real life tragedy that you know occurred that james cameron put a shoddy love story on and everyone praises it but um I have to remind you too. I don't think you you either of you remember, but I have not watched Apollo thirteen, um, and that's why I have not much to say about this. It is on my list. I I'm looking at the box on my shelf. I bought it a while ago. Um, I skipped it as a kid or teenager or high school kid. I don't remember exactly what year it came out. Um, Ninety five. Okay, so yeah, I was I was like thirteen, and it just I guess I wasn't interested in um, real life dramas I, at that time. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, even. Even now, just the um, cast alone. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, um, I mean, I've heard nothing but great things about it, mind you. I just have not got to it. I think that I want to go back to the Challenger disaster because that I was barely born yeah. when that happened. <laughs> but I'm like reading the Kerwin report about it, and I think that you are probably right about it being shut down because it says that the cause of death of the Challenger astronauts cannot be positively determined. The forces mm-hmm, to right. which the crew were exposed can you know, it's mm. just I don't know. To, to go along, the, and I hate to sound conspiracy theorist, but eh. there, there's definitely uh, I remember reading stories, I, I think it was some of the, the side news, Miami newspapers sections that I mean, the crew was very likely conscious the whole way down. Oh, and they're saying the lo- they lost consciousness in the seconds following the orbiter breakup. Mm, well, mm, I've heard both, but but just the thought, just even the yeah. thought that they were conscious for even a little Terrifying. bit. Terrifying. Uh, because that's, what, 90? I, I don't know how many seconds that would be for the fall, and, and just knowing there's no way to, there's no... No out. There's no impending doom. Um, yeah. yeah, and then the and then the debris being driven through Florida cities in the middle of the night uh, with you know them in it. Um, there's, there's very, yeah, just very. It's very possible that there, it's not happened and, for and maybe for reasons. the maybe for the right reasons too. Like you know, like I don't even mean it as a conspiracy. Maybe people have been like, this is just not an appropriate story to be dramatized and. Um, it's just been left alone, and uh, I can I can deal with that. So uh, you know, let's Corey's uh, number five, Apollo thirteen. Um, we've had a lot of interesting kind of branches from that, but let's go to Mike. What is your number five? Uh, All right. Well, let me, I'm gonna lighten the mood some because, well, uh, I'll be honest. There was there was some difficulty with making this list. Yes, in particular. I've yeah. changed it three times since we've been on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> oh wow, that's amazing. Um. Uh, 
the fact that sci-fi has to be one of my favorite genres, but honestly, even narrowing down to, because the kids will ask, you know, what's your favorite this? I'm like, dude, that's like trying to ask me what my favorite child is. Um, I mean, we're not supposed to have favorites, but I guess we do. Um, but it's a task <laughs> in and of itself. And, you know, taking out the films that are your typical first run, tier one, triple A flicks, you know, that's that that's the first task I have to, you know, there's a lot I'm going to have to throw out because you know how I do. I give the underdogs a chance. Yes. And so that even doing that, that still leaves a lot. Um, it's possible that my pick got little to no box office at the time. I know I did not see it at the theater. Uh, and on top of that, that it threw in comedy with a sci-fi bent. It adds a more more of a challenge, you know, trying to market and draw an audience. But from 1984, I would have been 11, uh, The Ice Pirates. And I've mentioned this oh. one before. Uh, it's a mix of comedy, sci-fi, a caper film. Uh, Robert Urich, if you watched any TV in the 80s, ended up on Spencer <laughs> for Hire and Vegas. Two big, he'd been acting for a little bit before. Uh, basically, leads a ragtag group of pirates. He's in search of ice. Uh, in the future, water becomes a commodity. It's also used as currency. And probably really cheesy looking back at it, but there were just these bits that were that would stick out for me. Uh, for one, there were battle robots that they just because you know they are pirates, they don't they're not the best pirates, so they don't get to purchase the best robots. So they get what you know like cowardly lion robots. There is one little scrappy guy. He's ready to go and. You know, he goes at it, but then the bad ones are really bad. So bad that at one point, you know, uh, all the enemies are down, and then the cowardly robot starts swinging his, so his sword, because they're pirates who are using swords, or um, I forget what kind of blades, on the dead corpses of the other robots and other enemies. So the leader, Robert Urich, just pushes him off the balcony huh. to its death. You know, because it wasn't very good robot. There's also a scene. Oh my god, where... Angelica Houston's in this movie. Yes, she is. Yes, I forgot that she was in it. Ron Perlman's in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, 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 see. <laughs> you see, you need to watch this. But there's also a scene, a key point in the plot. Uh, I think they're in disguise, um, but all of a sudden, like, they they find out that the the disguise they've taken are kind of like eunuchs, so they have to be castrated. Oh, so geez. obviously that, and <laughs> so the castration machine. Uh, it was. It doesn't get graphic, but you get the idea. Yeah, this movie's rated um, PG, but it's it's eighty four, so PG thirteen no, is not yeah, an option. It's it's, so. it's pushing pushing the limit. It's it, high class cinema. It is not it's <laughs> one of those turn your brains brains off or brain singular and just dive right into it. Um, but yeah, it's it's eighty four. There's a one other part that has got a little alien creature bit that is very reminiscent. I don't know if Mel Brooks borrowed it because you know he borrows uh, like how he did with uh, the alien part at the end of Spaceballs, and there's something yeah. very very close to that, which I, would have predated Spaceballs. But uh, I would also say this looks like Mad Max in space. Um, even the premise of there being no water, like it's. Uh, there's like mm -hmm. a big skeleton vehicle I'm looking at on IMDb, like or not a skeleton vehicle, but a big it's like vehicle with yeah. like a skull at the front of it. Um, mm -hmm. No, it's it looks mm -hmm. like a there's wheels, like it's a rover or something. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm just like, all right, yeah, let's uh, Mad Max in space, let's do it. Um, so now I'm, I mean, I'll be honest, it's it is not highbrow cinema in any no, way. Yeah. It's a goofy, silly. It's fun. It definitely appealed to my teen 
sensibilities, and I figure it would still hold up. If it's on, I will probably watch it to, through some fight scenes and whatnot. Well, it is. Uh, I was two years old when it came out, and I don't remember <laughs> catching it. So, um, it's one that I probably won't seek out. But if it ever is on, I might give it a go. Um, interesting. If I see that the it's ice on, pirates. I'll shoot you. A, I'll shoot a Please do. To the group texts. And of course, if you follow us on social media, I'm sure it'll be on Mike's story. Uh, so make sure you include the channel when that happens, so people can see the ice pirates. Um, because man, you know why not? Why not watch the ice pirates? Uh, Corey, have you ever seen the, the ice pirates? I have not. But Ron Perlman, right? Like, I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, you know, we just loved him in the uh, Aliens movie. Come on. Fourth one. I'm kidding. Yeah, I was like, Ron Perlman's done some good stuff, guys. (laughs) Or like, I'm just kidding. He's in Drive. He's good in Drive, and uh, he was Beast in Beauty and the Beast TV show. That was probably not so good, but I watched it as a kid with my grandma. Um. Let's move on. My number five. um, I'm going to say before, I did immediately decide when I started making my list that Star Wars was off limits for me this time. Um, I have talked about Star Wars plenty. Anyone who knows me knows Star Wars. I could probably just do the top five Star Wars movies because they're all technically set in space. And they are all... uh, And I mean, God, you can't... Of course, they're about space. Um, I, I love those movies. So I left them off my list with intention. Um, and so I decided, uh, again, I've changed my list a few times here, but I went with Galaxy Quest from 1999 as my number five um, because I love the idea that it's about a group of actors who play are on a show about being in space, and then they actually get to go to space and live the dream, live the fantasy that they've been a part of for so long. Plus, it's it's hilarious. Um, there's It's heartwarming to a degree. It is easily Tim Allen's best role outside of the Santa Claus, which I will argue is a great movie. Not the Santa Claus 2, not Santa Claus 3, just the Santa Claus. But this, um, I love Tim Allen in this. Sigourney Weaver is fantastic anytime she's in a movie. Um, we cannot ever forget the great Alan Rickman. Um, and, of course, one of my favorite actors who gets a small part but a great part uh, Sam Rockwell, um, who I cannot wait to see him in Vice this year, playing George W. <laughs> Bush uh, alongside Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. Um, very, very huh. excited about that movie, uh, directed by Adam McKay, uh, who did The Big Short a few years ago, that uh, and a few other movies before that, but I mean, Big Short was the one that got him like um, Oscar attention. So, I am very excited about Vice, but Galaxy Quest, um, I, had, I saw when I was younger, but I didn't really get into it then i actually have gotten more into it now as an adult and there's just it's such a memorable movie um because it is a comedy but it doesn't make fun of like star trek it doesn't make fun of star trek fans i think it actually um gives kind of credence to them and like gives a a a sense of value to them and kind of like it's relatable but it's also it's still a little silly because you get very very young justin long who i am generally a fan of mm-hmm. um playing the the uber nerd at the convention who then uh gets some really cool opportunities to shine throughout the film um and it's just it's it's a great movie it's just a lot of fun and it's uh i don't know it's just holds up well and it hits all the right notes i mean i grew up with star trek and i feel it's very respectful i think that they yep. hit the way the actors would be and um uh, I gotta be honest. I read "I Am Spock." I am not Spock. Several times I've read Nichelle Nichols' biographies, Shatner's biography, Chekhov's biography, Takai's. I can do Man. a George Takai voice if you'd like. I, 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 I fanboyed 
I, I'm a Trek person as much as I love Star Wars. I actually can find it within me to split my fan, you know, my fanboy uh, tendencies between multiple fandoms. Yes, and, yes, for sure. And there's definitely a lot of dynamic, and you know, we talk about Shatner, and we we, we poke fun of him and, and his singing, and even Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, oh, it was Riff Tracks when they Riff Tracks one of the Star Trek films. You know, he's Shatner scaling his own ego because that's <laughs> what he's known for. He's infamous for. Uh, taking the scenes and wanting to have his shirt ripped and they address it's like the unauthorized biography they took everything they could and because it falls under parody you know they're not going to get sued hopefully and it works <laughs> and it just all around the cast the way they did that and the whole premise that you know okay they're using this as historical documents and that's yes. how they did and, and the I love villain that. Uh, yeah because you could see you know a, a naive enough society uh, and that's even addressed in some Star Trek episodes where they're trying to introduce, you know, the idea uh, of fascism, and it goes just as bad in an alien culture as it does on Earth. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I could. That was hard to leave off. Hmm. Definitely up there. It's just works, and I will watch it anytime it's on. Yep. And uh, Corey, have you seen Close Encounters? Uh, Galaxy Quest. I have seen Close Encounters. I have not seen Close <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how... Uh, well, um, I think he gave us a hint that's one of his picks. I may have. Uh, or not. Who knows? I have He's also... It might change again. It's hard. That's right. Uh, this one's a mobile list. Um, no, but uh, this is one I really think you should watch, Corey, because it's one Alan Rickman, and I feel like you need yeah. to complete his uh, filmography if possible because the guy's just awesome. Um, but it's... Right. This movie's really, really... It's great in a lot of ways, and um, it goes in directions. It's funny, it's smart, it's cl it's just clever, and... Um, oh, we didn't even mention Tony Shalhoub. As I didn't, and he's... Tech, Ser Tech Sergeant Chen. Um, and it's very short. It's only an hour and 42 minutes, Corey. It's very within That's... your commitment. It time. is. And I'm sure we can uh, find a steelbook copy of it somewhere. Um, <laughs> oof. But... Um, yeah, and I'm out. <laughs> That's number f uh, five for me is Galaxy Quest from 1999. Um, Corey... Let's go to your number four. Okay. Um, I, we, you and I both just recently saw this in theaters. Ooh. For the 50th anniversary. Um, I know And I was questioning my existence. Not even, not even halfway through. Um, and just realizing the whole time that I'm watching it, how influential it is on, like, every other space movie that's ever been made in the history of the world after 1968. Um, and it was terrifying. I do think... Want, do you want to say what it is? <laughs> no. No. Everybody just it. guess. Go Google it. 1968. <laughs> just had the 15th anniversary. It's 2001 A Space Odyssey? Yes. By Stanley, Stanley Kubrick. That's yes. right. Um, and just seeing it in the theater was amazing. And kind of like you said, when I go to the theater, I have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. I'm not a D-bag, and I don't, like, look at my phone during the movie because I don't want to ruin anyone else's experience. Mm -hmm. And yep, I just have same. to give it 100, you know, percent. So uh, I just really enjoyed that. And Hal terrifies me. Yes, as it should. The murderous ship computer. Um, the monolith. Reincarnation. Um, I definitely need to rewatch it because I know that there's stuff that I 
missed. Oh. I feel like there's just so much going on in the movie. Um, I think that there are a lot of themes, or I don't even know how to word it, but yeah. I just know there's a lot. There's a lot to soak up in it, and um, I have my little litmus test little things, and if I ever pop up with, my God, it's full of stars, to, to you know, to address something, that's one thing. Um, and and I also can, I'm curious because I've had times in the classroom where, well, I'll be honest, it was introducing sixth graders to Outlook and using email. And it oh. was, I swear, they became the apes that were beating around <laughs> the monolith, uh, yeah. short of having bones and femurs and humorous bones that's what it i literally felt like in the classroom i'm like guys it's just email on the computer yeah no you're completely right too because it's like them clicking the mouse like repeatedly (laughs) is them slamming the the bone right it got so murderous all of a sudden it it, it really i i felt for i felt worried for my life uh because these sixth graders had no idea you know, it was technology. It was, it was very. You know, I felt like I was living through that, and I was waiting to see a monolith appear in my classroom. Um, yeah, I so, yeah. Uh, my experience seeing this on the big screen was also, uh, I I was really blown away. I I saw I've seen a lot of the clips too. Like since, mm-hmm. but I watched this when I was a kid. My grandpa loved this movie and tried to get me to watch it, and I was, it just did not grab my attention as a kid. No, not as a kid. That's and, too much. And I've been I've been meaning to watch it. And I'm glad I waited. I want, I'm glad I got to see it in IMAX, especially. Um, it was a super great experience. I didn't put it on my list, um, partly because I do feel like not. And this is not a criticism to you putting it on your list, but it is a movie that I think is ubiquitous with the subject matter that like people just like, oh yeah, Stanley Kubrick, and so. I didn't leave it off because of its popularity, and it. I do think it's an amazing film. Um, at the same time, I don't know if it's one I want to like revisit frequently. Um, so it's it's not like in my top five. Like I acknowledge it's amazing and it's well made and well executed, but it's not one that I really want to like necessarily dive right back into. Have either of you watched 2010? The year no, of contact. But I like no, that. I was no, reading that, about it. Okay, so that one I feel. Because I really love that one too. Really, uh, my wife despises. Most people despise that one. No, I, my wife despises two thousand and. Oh, oh, oh! Sorry, I, sorry. So I can't, I can't get her into two thousand and ten. Uh, Roy Schneider plays really. Yes. It's basically, uh, you know, they're going to see what happened nine years later, what went wrong, and you know they address. It is not nearly as trippy, and that's what I mean by it's more accessible because it's very linear. You, they address some of the questions. Uh, and what's going on and, and then Hal makes his appearance and you at least get some closure and then it even because there's another one I believe there's 2039 Arthur C. Clarke wrote a bunch I didn't I, I'll be honest I haven't read them all uh, but there's there's additional books written after because at the end of 2010 which I don't want to give away it totally leaves it open for something that uh, I just don't think it had the box office but I mean, you it get John really Lithgow. worked for me Lith- yeah there's a lot of people Helen Mirren Lithgow Helen Mirren, she's the Russian crew. Um, it's it's apple and oranges compared. They're the same property, you know, in the same series, but you cannot compare the two because Kubrick has his own way, and yeah. it was done differently. I would definitely recommend it. Well, um, when you look at the director for uh, the 2010, Peter Hyams, his top four includes Time Cop, 
and mm-hmm. End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So yeah, definitely not the pedigree that you get with Kubrick. <laughs> uh, but but I, uh, 2010 works. Uh, Time Cop worked for me. Uh, yeah. With John, Jean-Claude Van Damme, regardless of their Mia Sara was the draw for me on that one. End of Days did not. No, yeah, not but so much. 2010 definitely works. He's got... He could... If it had done well, you probably would have seen him do better stuff, I think. Got probably. Been offered better projects, I feel. Yeah, well, I I will try to visit 2010 because of Roy Scheider and because of Lithgow. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan mm-hmm. of both of those guys. And Mirren, Helen Mirren. Of course, yes. Dame Helen Mirren is amazing, almost always, um, even if she's in schlock. But, uh, oh, and <laughs> did you... I'm sorry, I'm reading. Did you mention that the author of the books, Arthur C. Clarke, Arthur C. Clarke. does a um, cameo? I, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't know that. You know who was I in 2001? So. There was an actor, I think his name is Leonard Rossiter. He played in a BBC series, this is way off topic, but I'm going to mention it because nobody knows it, and it's such a good series, called The Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin, mm. just that dealt with the absurdities of the yuppie lifestyle and whatnot. But he is one of the very, very minor characters in 2001, I think, once you get into the space station. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I know him i know him because i watched I know that series him. before i watched 2001 yes i know him i know that reference so word well um it's definitely Corey, without question uh it, it is interesting though that it's number four on your list um as you said how much it influenced other movies so even you were not willing to put it at number one which is probably where a lot of people would put 2001 and i do think it's an amazing film and it is a uh and Watching it, I can't believe it was made in 1968 either. No, no. And it's an attack on the senses in a lot of ways. Like, the music... Uh, I don't know if it was just my theater. Um, the people I was with were, like, covering their ears because of the sound. And obviously, not just the one point where the characters cover their ears. Just, like, throughout, like... I don't know if the, they just thought our theater was too loud or if they're just not used to loud mu- movies or what it was. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm totally uh, on board with it being in someone's top five. So, um, from there... Mike, what is your number four? All right, I'm going back again. I, I think this fits a little bit with 2001. Not quite the same, but it, it, I feel it's got some pedigree. So it was done not too long before John Carpenter went on to bring on oh. what would become the slasher genre with his classic Halloween, which, if you missed out, uh, AMC, I think, was running a marathon all the way until, like, about now. Oh, no, man. it ended a half hour ago. Yeah, they, they, they only skipped over Halloween 3, but I digress. And also long before Dan O'Bannon worked on, well, about five years before he worked on Alien or Return of the Living Dead, they both, Carpenter and O'Bannon, collaborated or debuted on 1974's Dark Star. This, to say, is a quirky comedic science or space film is, to put it mildly, it's set in the 22nd century. Humanity's expanding out in like a space manifest destiny kind of mindset. Uh, Dark Star, the title, it's the titular spaceship that they're in. It's a scout ship. And basically what its job is, any planets that threaten expansion, like they're volatile or dangerous and, you know, they basically get in the way, they clear them out. They destroy them. They're built um, to just clear the path for our expansion. Mm. So uh, they're, because of this extended mission and isolation, things will definitely go awry, and they do. There's definitely some shades of HAL 9000. Some of the technology gets yeah. there's like sentience, and they start having discussions and philosophical talks with them. Mm. Um, there's a smidge of other strangeness going on with some alien in there. 
thrown in. It's a trippy ride. It's it, it's it's very low budget. The seventy four weight. You can tell the budget. But, I mean, they use that to their advantage because it's a dilapidated scout ship that has been on a voyage for a long while. And, you know, it, this may not have aged well, but, I mean, it's to see the beginnings of these two careers, a Carpenter and O'Bannon, uh, it's, they're giants, really, to me, anyway. Yeah, like no. my horror giants. To see the beginnings of that, it's... Uh, it, I don't want to make the comparison to THX 1138 because that didn't sit well with me. But just it's those baby steps to move to where they're eventually going to get to. I haven't seen THX or Dark Star, but I am very interested in Dark Star. Um, just the premise of it alone uh, sounds like it would be fun. But then John Car John Carpenter, and then um, o o like I like that O'Bannon. Um, mm -hmm. Dan O'Bannon, yeah, is playing himself or not playing himself, playing a character too. Like he's not and just the writer. Yep, and Carpenter voices, I believe, one of the machines. Oh, uh, nice. Um, yeah, does, it's it's really cool. Did Carpenter do the score? Because that would sell me. Uh, I I cannot remember, but I yep. cannot see yeah, why he okay. would not. Because that's a big thing for him. It is a that huge is like thing. Like a trademark, yeah. trademark for him. I, I so I'm i gonna have to try to get a hold of this movie because I am very intrigued by it. Yes, and I think it's funny that you have it because there he has this one and another one that I can't think of that I'm kind of torn for our January. Ooh. Oh. So either way, I'm choosing a John Carpenter one. Corey but. is alluding to our other podcast, uh, Movie Club, where we do a monthly theme and we pick movies that we haven't seen. And I think we're, we haven't announced next year's yet, but a little teaser. Uh, the first one is, was it Space or Aliens? I can't remember what our term was. I um, think we're doing Aliens. I can't remember. Something to do with Aliens uh, and or Space Travel or something like that. So... Um, because we were referencing a movie that we, I won't say now, but one that we've been talking about watching for a while, and we uh, we're trying to figure out a way to fit it in. So, and I uh, read the book, and I just want to watch it. Yep. Yeah. So we are, uh, man. Dark Star is gonna hopefully show up on Movie Club in the near future. Um, Sweet. And yeah, maybe Mike, maybe you'll revisit and hop on that episode because you're the one who yeah. introduced the idea to us. So yeah, I'd like to I'd like to see how it holds up for me. I remember seeing him like, what in the world am I watching? And you know, I will watch almost anything. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I was at that point. I'm like, I can't look away. I'm invested. I got to see what happens. Well, I'm I'm sold on that for sure. Um, again, my movies are a little more mainstream and probably <laughs> predictable. Uh, and here comes one that if you, um, actually this one. I was totally against seeing, and then when I saw it, I was floored and loved it and was on the edge of my seat um, the entire time, and I, I regret not seeing this one in the theater, and it is from 2013, Gravity, um, starring oh. Sandra Bullock, uh, George Clooney, and uh, Mission Control voiced by Ed Harris, um, directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who I am a huge fan of as well as uh, the most important part of this movie to me is cinematography by Emmanuel Lubezki, who is um, quite possibly one of my favorite cinematographers, even though I know some people would dispute his uh, talent because he has a penchant for the long take. Um, I, I think he's a master of it, though, and I love what he does with it. Um, and there are at least two sequences in this movie where it is a long take, and it is just outstanding. I think Sandra Bullock does a terrific job with this movie, um, but more, the visuals are stunning, and it is, it's horrifying at times. Um, and of course, uh, it even the uh, our director and co-writer uh, Kiran, um, who uh, has directed E2 Mama Tambien, um, and my favorite Harry Potter movie, The uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, 
and the uh, 2006 Children of Men, where he first worked with Emmanuel Lubezki. Um, I'm I'm a fan of this director quite a bit, and Gravity he just was in- crushed. Involved in this? Okay, so I should have liked this more. Yeah, I would say so. Um, he's not only involved; he's co-writer um, with his. Uh, I'm assuming his brother Jonas Curran, and then Clooney's given a collaborator credit. But um, I, I absolutely was like, I think I called this Castaway in Space when the trailers were coming <laughs> out. Um, and I, I saying that I should note that I used to not like Castaway. Not that it's not a good movie, but I found it to be excruciatingly painful to sit through. Because it is, it was silent, and I do have some attention problems sometimes, especially when Castaway came out. I was still very young, and I was just like, "Oh my God, can we move on to the next scene, please?" I was not uh, encaptured by the relationship between him and Wilson. Um, so when I saw the trailer for Gravity, I'm like, "Great, um, it's Castaway in space because she's going to be isolated, and can she survive?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I watched it, I was completely gripped by it. Um, couldn't believe the uh, the look of it. Um, I man, I really was impressed with Bullock, and so I have no hesitation putting this in my top five movies set in space because this is probably one of the most realistic films set in space. As far as like we we go into outer space frequently, and or at least we're told that we do, and you know like <laughs> rotating around and whatnot. Um, I I it's it's so close to Earth versus it being like. You know all these other movies where we're often in deep space and we're far away um this felt the most grounded in a lot of ways and well i don't necessarily believe everything that happens could happen i think the movie leaves itself up to some interpretations that maybe it didn't happen the way you think it happened did uh, both of you see gravity yeah i theaters. did and i would say i would say not so much castaway in space as much as speed in space to me mm. solo speed um and so I was worried about that, but it definitely was. I mean, it kept the tempo going. And it's like uh, a little bit of my suspension of disbelief started to go out the window, um, but not quite as bad as you know maybe seeing the rock uh, with a prosthesis jump from building to building in skyscrapers. Yes. Like well, one um, of the things we we watched this, um, I think, two years ago in one of my film classes, and we posed the the theory of like at the end when she lands and she gets on land. Um, back on Earth safe if she really makes it to Earth or not. There is the a moment where it appears that she has froze to death um, and then suddenly awakens um, because of a hallucination and we, you know, the hypothesis was put out there that from that point on it's a fantasy. It's a, like, she doesn't arrive on Earth. She arrives in like heaven or, you know, the afterlife. And so it's, you know, there's some ways of interpreting oh, okay. this film that gets it's the, uh, more, it's the sandy and sandy and grease. Um, yes, the fly away home kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but so, you know, um, again, that's not necessarily what's intended, but that was a topic of conversation that we alluded to the possibility of because, um, you know, there are hallucinations and there is a lot of implications that maybe she wouldn't have survived and couldn't have survived. Um, that makes the movie a little more, you know, it's not as happy of an ending uh, if you go that route, but. Um, it was, I don't know, I was really impressed with Bullock and uh, Clooney too, although, you know, um, Clooney's fate is a sad one at the very beginning, basically, of the movie, but that's my number four. Um, I, I'm a fan. I, I know that's not going to be something everybody can attach to with gravity, but for me, it worked. It, it did work. Um, I, I, I went into it with some hesitation. Me too. And 
Honestly, though, Sandra Bullock's one of those that can do little to no wrong. Yeah. There may be one or two. Um, what's the one where she's the boss? And is it The Proposal? Oh, I love that movie. See, I didn't get. I I, I avoided it because I, I kind of was like oh, I don't want to teach my opinion, so maybe I could try it. Mm-hmm. So really, it's not that hard of a sell for me, Sandra Bullock. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, I, I say that I'm getting I'm getting I'm debating some audibles right now, so I may be switching. Oh, oh, so snap! All right, well, let's get to Corey's number uh, three before Mike switches anything. Uh, I would like to just say that I think I'm the only one who hasn't changed their list while uh, we've been recording. This Um, episode. This episode, for sure. Um, I went with 2007's Sunshine. Ah, I still have not seen it. Oh, really? That was tough to not include, but I'll let you continue. Um, Directed by Danny Boyle, one of my favorites. Um, Eight astronauts aboard the Icarus Two are trying to reignite the sun because the earth is freezing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, just some of the decisions that the crew has to make and obviously if there's an Icarus 2 there's an Icarus 1 <laughs> that they end up coming in contact with and that also is not a good thing yeah, um, yeah I yeah, I really need to watch this. I mean, Cillian Murphy, Rose Byrne, Chris Evans. Oh, I love him. Cliff Curtis, yes. who I tend to like. Cliff Curtis was in The Meg and was probably one of my favorite parts of The Meg um, that I didn't talk about enough with when I watched The Meg. But, um, uh, man, Benedict Wong is in this. Yeah, the, and oh, Mark Strong shows up in Danny Boyle, <laughs> uh, I generally like. I, I just, honestly, I don't remember even hearing about this movie in 2007. Um, I... Remember the commercials? I think that wow. it was like teasers, though, because I I'm pretty sure I only ever saw a teas- teaser actually. Oh my god! And I just realized that it was written by Alex Garland, and now I am a hundred percent going to see? watch this. Um, okay, but you haven't watched the beach yet, though, right? I saw I the haven't beach ever in theaters. Seen oh, okay. the beach. Oh, did you? Wow. Okay. I've started watching. I I don't remember why I saw the beach in theaters. That, that uh, the beach is Leo DiCaprio, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, I did see it in theaters. I don't remember it at all. I just know I saw it because I was like, when I was in high school, I I viewed Leo as a rival. Makes no sense. Not even in his <laughs> same league. But um, all the girls at my school thought he was so cute, and so I hated him. Um, so I don't know what made me go see the beach. I'm guessing I probably had a date who wanted to see the beach is the likeliness. Um, but uh, I don't recall the, much of the movie other than, hey, there's a beach, and there's Leo DiCaprio. So I <laughs> probably need to revisit shark. that. Oh, um, I li- I liked the beach a lot. However, sunshine. The only problem I have with sunshine is the closing act mm. because mm. it kind of devolves into and like because uh, it really had built up really well. You, you see what they've got to go through and the decisions that, that have to be made and whatnot. For this is you know this is a planet saving mission and things go wrong as they will and i you know that drives the story and that goes through every every single one of them right yeah yeah Uh, but but again danny boyle it was very different than what we're used to from him um still very tense but he and garland work well so well together uh that is a collaboration that just overall i feel works really well yeah i didn't realize uh some of garland's writing credits i am most familiar with him through his last two directing films, um, Ex Machina, which I 
I just am huge and proponent an, and of annihilation. Which annihilation is in uh, not to spoil a potential uh, upcoming top five episode, but annihilation mm-hmm. is right now in my top five movies, and it is the only major release. Even though that could be argued that it's not a major release because there was issues with Paramount and certain theaters not getting it. But uh, of the my top five, it's the only one that I would say is a wide released film, um, and. I, I just loved that movie. I haven't rewatched it yet, but I'm planning oh, to. Oh, I did. Um, and I, I'm planning on it because I, I absolutely loved Annihilation. Uh, I'm definitely going to rewatch it before we do our top five end of the year episodes in January um, when we look back at the movies from 2018 and pick our top five. But uh, I, I was, I've been really impressed with him. So I, I didn't realize how much he had done. Like, I didn't even know his connection to 28 Days until just now. I didn't either. Um, but I, I'm in, so... Um, or 28 Sunshine. Days Later? I believe it was 28 Days Later, or was it 28 Weeks? I don't know which one he wrote. Days. Okay, so yeah, he wrote okay. the... Little, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I'm a big fan of that as well, obviously. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, this movie has just jumped like high on my list of things I want to watch. Um, oh, man, I didn't even realize he wrote the screenplay for Dread, which I think is severely oh, underrated. Oh, man. Um, yeah, see, that one get. I will always argue in favor of Carl Urban as Dread over. Right. So, oh well, completely. Um, I don't even think that should be in the the topic of conversation. It's a, it's a non-issue. The point yeah. is moot. I mean, Carl Urban was Judge Dread. Yeah, he Olivia nailed Thurlby's it. Thurlby's character just worked so well. It's, the whole idea and the concept of being trapped in a mega city under uh, and Lena Headey. Uh, yes. Yeah. Everybody, everything worked so well in that one. So that it's shameful. It's a sin. That people overlooked that one. Yeah, it, it it's a, it part it got hurt a little bit because it was compared to the raid, uh, redemption, which is a better okay version of that. Per and se. has a lot of similar themes with the being trapped and it's okay, it's almost set up as the same. But uh, oh, nonetheless, wow. man, dread is like just a great movie. Like wait, I mean, great, great for a comic book action movie. Like I'm not trying. It's not like going to change your life if you see it. But man. It's a it's a blast to watch. Anyways, we need to, to move on to Mike's number three. But Corey's number three, Sunshine, Danny Boyle, uh, man, jumped up on my must see list of, uh, like very high because I I just not know much about this m- movie. Although I am a little concerned knowing that the third act will devolve, but um, I still want to sit through it and give it a go. So, uh, Mike, what do you got for number three uh, space movie or movie? All right, space? so let me switch because I did definitely. I'm definitely doing one audible. Number three was not it. I'm going to keep this one. It's one that is well. If people are fans of the genre, they'll know this one. But at first, most people, it's easy to forget that uh, Leslie Nielsen oh. was a dramatic actor way back when. I only and know him as a comedic actor. <laughs> yes, uh, I myself only really thought of him as Frank Drebin on Police Squad, the TV show, and the films, as well as the airplane movies. That's really where I remember and then i know he had some other spoof movies and he to me he was hilarious but this one uh, a quasi adaptation of shakespeare's the tempest in space there are some changes obviously because the source work and whatnot uh from 1956 forbidden planet uh and francis played uh the female lead uh for, for the time the effects and i think that's what stood out for me the effects really seemed masterful um, and honestly, it probably very likely holds up for me whenever, uh, as it did whenever I watched it on reruns in the 80s. And, you know, for me, I'm glad they left this one alone because it is tricky to do Shakespeare, but let alone throw the sci-fi elements into it. 
Um, and basically a daughter or a father trying to protect his daughter and going extra with that uh, and, and kind of leading. You think it's one thing and they kind of give you the switch. It's not quite M. Night Shyamalan, uh, but a twist kind of thing. But <laughs> there is a twist and it's kind of sort of unexpected. But uh, it's one that I don't know if people would consider it because it does have some silly like the Robbie the Robot kind of... Uh, element to it some people maybe consider might possibly consider this a b movie and that's fine i'm okay with that it's just this b movie uh, made it to my top five and like i said at the beginning of the show that that was not super uncommon for mike um to have that b movie uh say the name of it for me again forbidden planets oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i've heard of this um oh this uh, sorry i'm looking at leslie nielsen's like uh filmography and apparently, Corey, I don't know if you know this, but he's listed as a creep show. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's in that one. Yeah, and, he plays kind of a jerk. Well, it just mm. reminded me uh, that Big Tuna um, and Dora Sean, uh, he got to go see um, Creep Show yeah, at the Enzian the other night. Um, oh, nice. So he was like, I think Corey would be jealous um, because he knows that it's one of your favorites. So I thought I would let you know that he got to see it on the big screen. That's um, All right, so... Keeping with, uh, well, I guess, Corey, have you seen Forbidden Planet? No, but it was released on Criterion. Uh, oh, see, I thought like, I, re- I recognized it. A year or two ago, and every time I look through them for the 50% off sale, I always want to buy it, even though I know not much about it. It's, now, it's a classic, so this um, Criterion's got it, that's clearly, you know. Well, Corey and I have been burned once with that mind, uh, that logic. Yeah. So we're a little more apprehensive about. Wait, what, uh, what burned you? What movie was that, Corey? It was. Uh, it was. Um, Ugh, it was so bad. It I was just... Gary Oldman and uh, Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Um, it's like one of their first movies, uh, and like gang, it's like a gang, Irish gang movie. You could call it that. It's not. It's it, it is. Oh. I w- was getting this mixed up, but that was on Criterion Forbidden. Sorry. I was thinking Fantastic Planet. Oh, Fantastic uh, uh. Planet is amazing. Fantastic Planet is different, uh, not different on this movie. list. I mentioned, yeah. mentioned it. Oh, that one is... Yeah, well, that one's so good. Staying with my uh, my mainstream selections here, um, my number three is Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which I accidentally said earlier. <laughs> um <laughs> From 1977, <laughs> um, this was one that I added. I, I'd been debating this one on my list back and forth, partly because I wasn't sure if it qualified. Because um, it's not, it is about space, but it's more about aliens, and aliens are in space. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm making sure I'm not off because we are never in space in this movie, but we are looking to the stars, and um, well, you ha- space comes to us. Space comes to us here, Richard Dreyfus. Um, and quite possibly uh, my second favorite role for him. Uh, it Jaws. might be my favorite, but yeah, it's hard to get past Hooper. Um, I absolutely love Hooper. Um, but uh, yeah, Francis, Francois Truffaut, uh, Terry Gar, um, Bob Balaban, who's this is his second appearance on this list. Uh, Mike, he was in, I believe, the the movie. Um, what movie had Ron Perlman in it? Because that's uh, the Pirates. I think. No wait. Ice Pirate. He was in something that I just looked up for you, but I don't remember what now. But Bob Balaban, his name, he pops up in a lot of movies. That dude is a character actor amongst character actors. But um, I am currently in the the beginning stages, the beginning days of a Steven Spielberg study with my first-year film students. Uh, we're going to be visiting uh, in class eight of his movies over the next couple of, well, several weeks. 
and um, this is one of them. And it's a film that uh, I saw as a kid and only really remembered the mashed potato scene because I love mashed potatoes and um, have always loved them. And so always remember that scene thinking I would eat that mountain of mashed potatoes in a heartbeat. But um, do, do you sit around making Devil's Mountain? I do not. Cake? I do not. But uh, um, I am. Where is uh, your commitment to your choice, sir? I know. But I'm, I'm a big, big fan of this movie. I just rewatched it. Uh, a few years ago for the first time since I was a kid. I think I did it during the 366, and then I've watched it again since then. Um, I very much look forward to... Uh, w- I wanted to see it on the big screen, because they did a, a retro screening, and I wasn't able to make it to one, and I was very disappointed, but um, I am looking forward to showing this to my students for the first time. I've not shown this film in class, and I, um, I've i come to a, a realization of how big of a Steven Spielberg fan I am. I've kind of always known but it's become um, apparent that I am a Spielberg fanboy. I, I adore a lot of his work um, on high levels, and Jaws being one of them, but so Jurassic Park is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, so is Jaws, and this movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, is up there. I, I There's so many things about this movie that I'm just captivated by and love. I'm Now I'm thinking I did see it on the big screen, and I'm blanking on it, because I know I just rewatched it Maybe I did make it to a big screen. I'm gonna start calling you Dawson now. Yeah, you know we were I, watching it for an episode of a uh, movie. Club, maybe I that's think. what. It, maybe that's the revisit that I watched it then because I know I wanted to go see it on the big screen and I just feel like I didn't get to. But now I'm not sure. Anyways, I love this movie. I've seen it a few times since I rewatched it as an adult, and I'm looking forward to rewatching it in both of my visual tech classes in the upcoming weeks. Um, we're starting with Jaws though, so we'll watch Jaws and then we'll watch this. Um, we're, we're kind of we're not necessarily going chronological in the movies that we are watching um, and I am having to skip some of the bigger ones in their entirety like we're not watching Saving Private Ryan or Schindler's List in class but we're watching clips from them but those movies are okay. intent well we're not skipping them because they're not worth it we're skipping them because there are ratings and while many schools do show Schindler's List um, usually in a history class I have a hard time with nudity on screen in my stu- with my students, so I tend to shy away from it. And there are the very painful scenes in Schindler's List uh, where they, are, you know, people are stripped naked. So, um, uh, I've had some ads last year, and I just I can't. I can't yeah, it's difficult. It and saving Pri- in the theater. And saving Private Ryan, while a beloved film, uh, the violence is so intense. Um, and I've shown like some very violent films but a lot of times the violence is it's exaggerated to the point of ridiculousness where here it is uh you know maybe too real um well i mean when the realism of that scene is enough to affect and throw off veterans of that particular invasion you know that yeah a, a lot so uh we will watch some clips and we'll we definitely are talking about it and i also I gave them a list of basically it's a list of the movies we're watching and then all of his other movies that are worth watching, um, which to me is most of them. Um, uh, I haven't seen Munich. I've heard uh, pretty good things about Munich, though. It's, it's on my list to try to catch up with uh, here in the near future. Um, and then one of the more reviled ones uh, of his uh, hook <laughs> is on my list. Oh, oh no, um, no, wait. If, if you're going to go reviled, I'm surprised you have not mentioned 1941. Ah, well, that one, yes, but, um, anyways, to, to not digress too far from this, but Close Encounters, um, 
I, I had to put it on the list. I, I didn't like it sitting in the uh, honorable mentions. And uh, the movies that I bumped down, uh, I do think uh, highly of. But I will say another thing, though. Um, while this movie is not in space, uh, and spoiler, Richard Dreyfus does get into a spaceship and leave, and s- we return several people who apparently were taken um, into space. Uh, they wanted to get refunds. I do have another. <laughs> I do have another movie on my list that is similar. Um, that I was also a last minute edition, uh, where it is set mainly on Earth, but it does deal with um, interacting with things from space, and so. You know, hopefully I didn't violate the the premise of this list, but it was two movies that I just felt like I had to have on my top five. So that's it. Close Encounters of the Third Kind is my number three. Let's move on to Corey's number two. Oh, gosh. Okay. I think I'm the only person <laughs> on this podcast that loves this movie, oh. and I've talked about it before. And I stand by it. Um, I chose 2012's Prometheus, yeah, no, I don't. I, I, like don't, it. I, don't, I don't. I don't. Dislike I don't it. like it at all. I love it. It's my favorite movie in the Alien mm-hmm. franchise, hands oh, down. Uh, we're gonna have to have some words. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. And I have recently, recently-ish, probably within the last two or three years, rewatched and unfortunately watched the fourth one for the first time. <laughs> so. What is um, wrong with you? Did you not have something to do that day? We were going through, uh, I cannot pronounce his name, but I really enjoy his movies. John um, Pierre, you know? Genois. Genois? Genois. There we go. I think Genoa. it's John. He did Amelie and um, Delicatessen and the uh, City of Lost so, Children. Big uh, Max, mm-hmm. yeah. Big Max, I still haven't watched yet, but. I haven't uh, either. We purchased it. But, but then Alien uh, 4, yeah, which is. Also has Ron uh, Perlman. Yeah, and it has my girl in it, and still. Winona, yeah, Winona writer, but uh, it probably had to do a lot with producer interference and studio interference, and maybe that's probably, what they say about three with uh, Fincher. Um, yes, definitely three for sure. Well, he's a French director, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he probably surrendered and just. Oh. Dang. Ouch. Probably facing a lot of pressure. Anyways, so Prometheus, Corey, huh? That's your uh, That's number my number two. two. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ridley Scott proud. returns to the franchise <laughs> after uh, many, many years off. Um, I I have a lot of issues with this movie. Um, I was a dissenting voice of uh, Covenant. A lot of people hated Covenant. I enjoyed it enough to see it like back to back. I saw nice. it like two days in a row. Um, I saw yeah. it the Thursday night yeah. and then. A uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Matt uh, Matt Smith, who used to do the rough cut, um, was going uh, to see it. He was like, "Hey, you want to go?" And I was like, "You know what? I, I liked it enough to sit through it again." It's it's stupid at times, but I think that's there's like a B movie kind of vibe to Covenant that then you get this really awesome performance from Michael Fassbender in, and I just kind of I think those two things clicked for me, um, and so yeah, I. Uh, I liked Covenant way more than Prometheus, but Prometheus, I don't know, it just, it just didn't, it didn't sit with me right, and I still don't care for it. Although I do like Numi, Numi Rapace, and um, I want a Logan Marshall oh, Green, yes. who mm-hmm. I am a, a, a often fan of, especially in the most recent film Upgrade, which I just cannot praise enough. Especially if you so like, good. If, if you saw Venom and you're like Venom's great, watch Upgrade because it's a better version. In fact, it's an upgrade of Venom. 
Um, what? Check wow. it out. It, it's not the symbiote, but as far as what everyone loves about Venom is the Tom Hardy performance because he is having like a conversation, Jekyll and Hyde style, with the Venom character, which apparently he does voice as well. And so like there's these uh, crazy conversations, and you get a similar dynamic in Upgrade. Uh, two different actors, but Logan Marshall Green and the voice actor that's doing the uh, microchip inside his head is... Oh man, it's so great, and it's it it goes places that I did not expect it to go, and his performance, um, especially when you see the premise of the film, like what he has to do to sell the the idea, it's outstanding. And um, uh, surprisingly, a lot of people have seen Upgrade, a super indie film that premiered at South by, it got a wide release, but it still didn't get like a lot of marketing. So I didn't think there'd be a lot of traction, but no. a lot of my students saw it. And it was only in my theater for like one or two weeks. I yep, didn't get to make two. it because I really wanted to see it. But it's in Redbox, so I think that... It is, yeah. It's out on Blu-ray and Redbox now. you know, how it's very accessible that yeah. way. Mike, I say check that out. It's super violent, though, a couple scenes, so just know that. Cool. But it's it's really, really like cool. That. Um, that So... Wait, we're, we're on Corey's number two, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, Prometheus. Yeah, I, just I totally my... got lost for a second. It was like, wait, am I, is this... How did it's... I get on this from Close Encounters? But now I remember. All right, it's sorry. Your, your, sheer, your sheer disdain of it has blocked it for him. Yeah, yeah just we were talking about what now? Um let's go. Yeah. <laughs> uh sorry, Corey, I'm gonna rush through Prometheus. So let's go to Mike's number two. Alright, so here's one of my audibles and I I, I, I really wanted it to be one of my uh, I'll tell you why I picked we started talking about Peter Hyams and I've forgotten some of the other work he had done. And my initial pick for this I will mention for this number two pick I'll mention it a little bit, but I just could not get a confirmation whether it was theatrical or T V. I could not remember. Mm. So I went with this, which is another mashup. It takes sci-fi and mixes it with the Western. Oh. Uh, which I guess we could see more, you know, uh, Serenity did that. There's, Cowboys there's versus more... aliens. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, you're going to make me Ralph Garman this now. Oh, I'm okay. Gonna have to, I'm going to need some whiskey and, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, we will not talk, although I, I heard that the the comic book is much better. Uh, anyway, we're we're gonna leave Mister <laughs> Aliens alone because this one's got another guy. Uh, um, it's from 1981. It's in essence a redo of High Noon okay. in space. Uh, it's called Outland, and it's got our friend Sean Connery. He is uh, William O'Neill and is basically. The, the premise is on the moon of Io, there's miners and other workers that are working really long hours, which, because of that, and this actually fits with a lot of the U.S. history things we're studying right now, with the urbanization of things, you're going to have other elements come up, and one of those is, well, there's definitely, you know, women and, and, and booze and drugs, and drugs are a big one. In fact, it caused, it, it has, um, I wonder if the director of uh, Event Horizon saw this, because there's that whole... Uh, the myth of explosive decompressurization mm-hmm. and there's a scene and it's pretty gruesome because you know it's someone on a whatever load of drugs and they depressurize themselves right at the beginning so it leads into an investigation which basically leaves Sean Connery's character alone he's the last one standing he's got assassins coming in to take him out so you know the outland station can carry on and do what they want to do and he's got a wife and child on earth and he's wanting to get back to them and they had all this going on 
for me, this mix-up, this mashup of the Western and space worked perfectly, and I think more people should agree with me. And uh, <laughs> it barely made it barely made its money back. And I think again, we talked about Peter Hyams, and maybe that's the thing he was running into not just being not being able to get the return on investment that Hollywood is. You know, that's what they look for. They want an amazing film, and they want to pay little for it, but make lots of money off of it. And that wasn't happening. I mean, just the sheer logistics of having a space station that make it look like IO and whatnot it's it's gotta be you know I can't imagine because it's all these inter- inside sets with mines and whatnot um, now my original number two pick and I was not there was no way I was bumping my number one I was not keeping my number one out I wanted to but I couldn't do it was another Peter Hyams flick and I want to just mention it in passing it, it, it's on my honorable mention it's called Capricorn One we'll talk about that one in a little bit hmm well, um, I I haven't seen Cop, wait, not Copland, uh, Outland. Copland Outland. is a, Copland's uh, a different movie. Um, ugh, but uh, I have not seen Outland. Uh, I I do like Sean Connery, and eighty Sean Connery is pretty solid in my opinion. So when we what? we get the Last Crusade, what in like eighty eight, I believe, or something like yeah. that. Something um, like that. So, uh, Outland. That's an interesting one. Did not see that one coming. Um, Corey, I take it you're with me and have not seen it. I haven't. I'm well, reading about Capricorn One though, and I'm sorry. Oh, I know you're going to talk about it later, but it has uh, O.J. Simpson in it. Uh, that's not my draw, but yes. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Way before all before that. Deal. Yeah. Murder. Ooh, I got a theme here. We got Leslie Nielsen, O.J. Simpson. We're headed uh, to police squad territory. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay. So I'm going uh, for my number two with, again, very mainstream, and yet uh, I think slightly debated by people, um, although not based on the meta score at a 74 and an 8.6 IMDb user score. Um, Those are both really positive, but a lot of people I know personally uh, have mixed feelings about this film, but I was uh, blown away, and one of our friends of the show, I believe, saw this 12 times in the theater, and I went with Interstellar, um, Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. Uh, stars Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway. I mean, I gotta go through this cast, because there are people on this list who were nobody at the time and have since blown up. Um, not the first two I just said, obviously, but yeah. Jessica, Jessica Chastain, neither. But Mackenzie Foy, who was a uh, 10-year-old Murph when yes. this movie came out in 2014. Yes. She's about to star in The Nutcracker, um, the new mm-hmm. Disney movie. Um, Ellen Burson, who was not a nobody, but I forgot that she plays older Murph, because... Yeah. Um, oh my god, I just watched The Exorcist for a movie club that Corey and I are going to be recording. But then I also watched uh, Requiem for a Dream about a year ago that I was... Mm-hmm. She's just such a great actress. Forget John Lithgow is in Interstellar, but then Timothy yep. Chalamet, who uh, has since been in Lady Bird, and he, was, he got his real big break with Call Me By Your Name. Um, he's... Oh. He, um, he is... Uh, in a movie called Miss Stevens, which is amazing and should be seen. And then he's got, um, I think two movies coming out this year. One with Steve Carell called, um, baby boy, I think, um, that looks like a really intense drama. Um, and just this movie, um, you know, Wes Bentley's in this movie, which I he, love Wes Bentley. Yeah. Uh, Wes and of course this is a Christopher Nolan movie. So you can pretty much bet your money that Michael Caine's going to be in it. And he is, um, even if not for much, but I, I, think mcconaughey is just so incredible in this film um i love so much about this i love the story and yes i know there's there are definitely some people who've made complaints about the story's uh sensibility or it pushing itself mm. and things like that i i have no issues with this film i love so much about it i've not watched it 
for a while, but uh, the the second it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it, and we did a film study in my film classes, so I watched it probably three or four times that week that we watched it, because I watched it in each period, and then they did a project, um, the, I framed the project, they were supposed to uh, recreate, you know, like, there's, like, uh, people talking about, like, what the world was like before everything went wrong, like, there were, like, videos throughout the movie of them mm-hmm. talking, they were supposed to interview their family members in the idea that, like, what if in the future the only records we have of what life was like now are these videos that you make, that kind of thing, which is uh, how they kind of almost, like, pseudo-documentary into Interstellar. And um, so I, I, I've i seen this film plenty, no nowhere near as much as Brendan has seen this film in on the big screen, mind you, but um, it's one that I, I am a fan of Nolan. I like, I think, every one of his movies to some degree. I mean... Dark Knight Rises on a lesser scale, but I love the Prestige. Um, I, I liked Inception. I haven't. I've only seen Inception once, but I, um, I do need to rewatch that as well. And then um, I really liked Dunkirk last year uh, a whole lot. Uh, so people didn't like Dunkirk. Um, some people did. Some people. But, yeah, we well, are not talking about those people. They're not invited on the podcast ever. I'm just but, kidding. But yeah, Interstellar is uh, is one that I has just stayed with me. I can still memor- pull up like very specific moments from the film. Um, you know, I, I really like a lot of what it, the themes that it plays with, and, and the performances are really strong. So easily put on my on my top five. That's your number two pick. That's my number two. Yeah, it it was okay. okay. It's bounced around um, uh, number one a couple of times. Okay, I'm gonna jump in because that's my number one list. Uh, oh, nice! Um, uh, putting together this list, it was very apparent this wouldn't be easy. And my number original number two pick was, was gonna be a double feature between this one and Contact, but I wanted to ah. get again. You know, I've talked about Contact a lot before, mm-hmm. and I probably mm-hmm. talked about Eleanor Stellar, but just I fired it up a little bit before, like I think it around five thirty, which meant I wouldn't be able to finish all of it. But yeah, Mackenzie Foy. Ellen, I forgot about Ellen Burstyn yeah. uh, playing playing older Murph, and I'm like, how can I forget that? It's just uh, uh, there uh, there wasn't any doubt that this was going to be my number one. This this is one that just stuck there, and I wasn't moving it. Uh, I don't. I, I, I initially was not sure about this one at all, and, uh, and what I mean by that is I missed it at the theater, which I, is uh, yet again one of those things I'll forever regret, forever. Um, it's. Uh, I, three-hour runtime it never has felt to me that it lasts that long i agree the, um it and the arri- and not the arrival but arrival are testaments to what productions that are given an adept hand and skilled you know direction and and the people to guide it along can be the potential that and that's another one that was difficult to not include arrival um just the, we talked about the design and unconventional design for TARS, for Case, yeah. the robots itself, and just look at our, I'd forgotten, you know, their initial meeting because I thought it was, oh, that's, that's the guard. I forgot that that was the guard. And I could probably drone on for 170 minutes of runtime with this with my pick, with your help as well. But yeah. I just can't fawn over this film enough. And wow. It's, it's a must watch if you get to see yeah. it on the big screen. Don't be the fool that I want. I was and miss a chance to do that if, if given to you. Yeah, it's totally worth that time. I know that's way more than Corey is wanting to. Um, I saw into. this in There's... theater twice, and yeah. I excellent. Think I that's it that's once amazing for you because I know that's not your kind of. But time wise, time wise. That yeah, the the the, the lines that 
McConaughey delivers and that interaction between him and young Murph and then it's just heartbreaking that parent Mm -hmm. daughter that dad and daughter dynamic Um, you don't quite see it as much with the son it's just you know Murph is that's his girl and that just she knows what he has to do he knows what she what he's got to do and it still doesn't take away which I didn't mention Casey Affleck of course uh, plays the 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 son Older. during the teenage yeah. or the adult years, yeah, um, but he was a little down on the list. I it didn't pop right in my head. Right, right, right. I know Corey's a big fan of Affleck, or at least was. Um, so I, I am. Wanna... I'm so torn. I know he's he has apologized for the the weird stuff he's been accused of. Um, it's not as bad as what other people have done, mind you, oh. but it's still bad. Uh, no way am I downplaying it, but it's it's you know there's there. It's still awful, but, uh, yeah, um, at least unlike many others, he has tried to, like, at least seem like he's sorry, but whether or not that's enough is debatable, but, um, yeah, I, I'm glad, Mike, I, I don't know that I've ever had a tie with you, or not a tie, but we both had a movie on our list that was, uh, your number one, so that's, that was kind of interesting, and I think that's the only movie on your list I've seen, so, (laughs) I did not make my three, um, and Corey, I don't know. I think you only saw that one as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, I think so. But and anyways, I feel like this I is a very. Oh. I have a very. This is monumental because John and I have the same movies often enough. Mm-hmm. And my number one is Interstellar, also. Ah. Okay. Wow. So. Yeah. Al- almost all first. three of us. Almost all three this of us. I literally had it at my number one at the beginning of the podcast and I moved it to number two. Mm-hmm. Agreed well, with honest, Mike. I can count on one finger the time this has happened with Corey and I. So. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with you that as soon as... Um, I love John's reminders like, oh yeah, this week's list is blah blah blah, which is really guys, don't forget we're recording this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. as soon as you like sent that reminder... I had started thinking about this list and never once was Interstellar not my number one. Like, it was the only one that I didn't have to think about. Um, I love this movie so much. Um, Anytime that Bill and I... There's, like, there was a little coffee shop over by my favorite movie theater, and it's called Murphy's. And every time Bill and I would drive into the movie theater, Bill's like, we're going to space, Murph. (laughs) 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 We're going out of here. But um, just... And then, it's so funny that you were talking about, uh, that you, not funny, but Ellen Bernstein, I was just looking, before we even watched the movie, I watched the movie from Movie Club last night, I was looking up photos of Ellen Bernstein because we were talking about the Mamas and the Papas, and I was like, oh my god, Michelle Phillips looks so much like an actress. Mm. And then I had to go Google, and I found Ellen Bernstein, so, but, um, I just love this movie. I don't understand and i was i was looking through lists and i'm sure that you guys remember like how many people were purposefully purposely leaving interstellar off of their best of lists that year Mm -hmm. and just trying not to give it attention or trying to downplay what a great movie it is and i'm i know that people think that i'm probably that way but if i like something i don't really care if it's popular um yeah yeah nolan gets a lot of hate I don't and, quite understand it, but he does. No, and I'm 
he has the budget and that's what he enjoys doing with his films uh, filming them on IMAX and like all of these different things so that's him as a filmmaker I don't I don't know yeah. but um even the, I, that's the thing I guess if you're going to be a critic be objective don't just discount it because it's him yeah this right. is this is just such I mean Kevin come off of Batman it's just, uh, and I know that he can direct other things. I haven't seen Memento. I haven't mm-hmm. watched Following yet. Oh, I love like, Following. This is, uh, I need to watch it. It's long. I'm long overdue. This is just so, so grand in scope, and then the science behind it, and the idea. You know, so, some of this very possibly can't could be not too far away for us. Yeah. And uh, you know that adds another sense of urgency and. Uh, it just works, and to purposefully leave it off a top ten list, just again, I, I don't get that. I could dislike something, but appreciate its it, it, well, it being it's value. Like, There's so much yeah. emotion in this movie too, like uh, mm-hmm. like real emotion, like the connection between father and daughter, and then McConaughey, the uh, the when he gets the phone calls and knows that he's not gonna be able to reach her, and just it's so devastating that sequence, and and uh, even. When we realize how much time has passed on the first planet they stop on, mm-hmm. um, is it twenty or seven, twenty-seven or twenty-eight years or something? Just yeah, even that because I don't know. We're thinking about everybody else and how they're aging in that time. Yeah, it's so uh, it's so compelling, um, and it's such a it's it's hard for some people to wrap their head around the time idea because we are so used to it from our perspective. Um, that it's hard to step out of it and then acknowledge that time is relative. That is something that, you know, um, it, it's I'm based sorry. on where we are. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's just, I think that's where some people, again, though, the, the scores say otherwise. The scores are all very positive on this movie, so. Well, the other, I mean, you talk about that and this brings to mind, it's not space related, but it does have a lot of the time paradox thing. Have you guys watched Primer? It might be called Primer, but I think I know it is Primer. I have not, but I am familiar with it. Very indie film, very low budget, but the yeah. science in it and all the ideas, the time uh, timeline things that go on. I mean, you can watch it. There have been people that still have no way to truly explain it, and it's pretty heady, and it works, and it's like, whoa. And I think it's comparable to this thing because the, the Tesseract idea and how that, mm. that loops back and all that stuff going on in Interstellar just, it's like, whoa. Well. Um, not to cut off, because again, I do think we could probably do a whole episode just about Interstellar or something like that, but um, I do want to point out that it is not my number one. It was going to be, but um, I, I just, uh, this other movie uh, hit me so hard when I saw it, and I've been wanting to rewatch it, and I actually want everyone to watch this. I feel like not enough people saw this movie, and I was so blown away by it. I think the tears that I that were shed at the end of this film may have been the most hard to to choke back uh, and cut off and I went with 2016's Arrival that Mike just mentioned um, <laughs> which made me very happy that you mentioned it um, I I was so blown away by this movie um, structurally uh, how it's revealed what you know because we're, we're led down two different narrative paths and we don't quite know when things are happening. I don't even want to allude to anything other than what I just said, but um, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker, uh, Michael Stilbarg, who I just cannot get enough of in movies. Um, I I think this is Amy Adams' best performance, and I'm saying that with a lot of fandom behind that statement. I, I like a lot of her movies. 
but I love her in this movie so much. And then Denis Villeneuve, who uh, would direct uh, Blade Runner from last year, which I love, 2049. Um, uh, I am a big fan of his film Enemies. I've not watched... um, I've not yet watched uh, Prisoners, but that is on my list to watch. And I know I am forgetting another one that I really liked of his, but I cannot think of what it is at the moment. But um, Arrival, I went into the theater not sure how I would react to it. um, And I ended up just being completely in love with the film. And um, I debated including it because it is not in space. It is about alien contact which i guess you could i i guess i am saying that is my uh it's a you know about space in that way so uh arrival is my number one just edging out interstellar though i think both are exceptionally amazing films um and i think you know some ways i feel like both of those movies made their directors more respected um again like Nolan had become famous because of the Batman movies, but I think Interstellar, it might be his best um, overall film. And I saying that as a fan of most of his movies, um, I, I really like Interstellar a whole lot. And I know uh, there are going to be people out there who disagree with us, but clearly that movie touched all three of us in a big way that all of us wanted it to be number one. And while it ended up not being my number one, it was on that spot for uh, several days. And I... I I had been I had a rival in my honorable mentions because I couldn't couldn't sell myself on the idea that it it was the right for the criteria, but in the end I was like no I really feel like it has to be my number one I'm just I'm just too too blown away by Arrival to not include it so it is my number one movie um, of about space so uh, I know both of you saw Arrival do you guys have anything you want to say? Uh, it was tough not to include it I loved this one a um, couple of the days when I literally lost all but one or two of mine um, I ended up showing it um, and they, they they requested they, they saw a couple of my choices and this one is the one I already have downloaded and they went with it and they really got into it a couple because I, I might have ended up with maybe four total out of my 24 oh man so I'm like I'm gotta, I gotta go another route yeah and I, I just went with it because it's just I think it piqued their curiosity. I'm like, okay, I'm going with it. And they got into it and the questions they came up with and all this different stuff. It's... Jeremy Renner... Yeah. It's really an Amy Adams film. um, But he's he's, so good. Yeah, everyone is is good. Forrest Whitaker, um, there isn't a single weak link. Everything works together. It's just... And, and it's a gorgeous movie. Cinema, yes. The cinematography in that film and the special effects and the designs of the aliens. It, I appreciate that they look like octopuses. Yes, it's so unique um, to go that route. And then, hey, 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 they're they're heptopuses. And the story that is told. I just, okay. I I love this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, but we are. Well, this is we've we've clearly this was a topic we were all very passionate about because we went pretty long on this episode. But. Um, we do like to do honorable mentions, so we'll go to Corey first. Do you have anything you want to mention before we move on? Star Trek. And I have Arrival. Um, oh, nice. I ugly cried in the theater on that one. Yep. And then I have Aliens. Um, Bishop is my favorite. And then Guardians of the Galaxy. I Yeah, Guardians was on my top five at one point, but I knocked it down for... I went with the more serious route with mine, except for <laughs> Galaxy Quest. 
Um, but I had Guardians early. It was like my number three uh, for sure. Sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to like jump in on that. Go ahead. Uh, what do you got? Uh, obviously included Star Wars, Star Trek, the original, and the reboot series. Uh, the American version of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. I have a few of mine that we are H2G2 fans, and the fact that they memorized the whole whale falling scene, just they get me. So um, Aliens was on my list. Sunshine was on my, Sunshine was on my list. The Fifth Element was on my list. Oh, Contact, which I mentioned. Uh, aliens. Did I mention Aliens already? Uh, Moon. I debated. Moon I have Moon very, very much. Moon almost um, was my number five. I, I yeah, I did. My only thing with it is I've only seen it once or twice. Me, t- I've only seen it once. Yeah, same. So, that was um, I was like I loved it when I saw it, but I don't know if it would hold up um, if I yeah, watched it again. Yeah, no, I think it would. But um, Contact was the other one which I really wanted to be there, but at least Sean Connery gets on my list as well. But Capricorn One, I want to mention Capricorn One because. It's about space. It's not. It's another Peter Hyams, and the, my, my reluctance in putting it on is I was convinced. I'd convinced myself it was a TV only release. That I finally, by the time I got my number two picked, and I went with Outland, I saw theatrical poster, and ah. so at that point it was too late. So, but Capricorn One and the reason it was is the premise of it, and I think I've mentioned this before, is where all the moon landings or the moon landing was faked. Except oh, okay. The problem is when they had the launch vehicle launch, it blew up. So they had the astronauts all in the studio, but now they're alive, but everyone saw the delivery vehicle explode. So now they're on the run. O.J. Simpson, Elliot Gould, I cannot remember the other astronauts, are on the run because they're pretty much going to be murdered by the government because they have no other out. They'd have to admit that everything has been faked in the past. So wow. that's the premise. It's it's a very clever story, and it worked for me. And I really wish I could. What put year it was that? Spot. I want to say eighty three, but oh, I got to look it up. It's well, yeah, it's definitely it hits those conspiracy theorist <laughs> no, uh, uh, notions. And uh, sadly, O.J. Simpson is one of the leads. But you know, maybe they oh, Capricorn one seventy seven. My mistake. Oh so wow, that definitely that's from way back when. It's um, uh, there's one more that I did not include, but I'm going to mention it. Uh, an old, old uh, Michael Crichton one called The Andromeda Strain. Oh, okay. Well, I had um, Moon, like you, like um, I went Alien. You guys went with the different part. Aliens, the best guys. I don't know uh, what other movies you're watching, but the first Ridley Scott Alien is so. Oh, perfect. it's a great one. Not to mention that should be on my list. The attitude of um, it. I not putting it in my top five was hard because it it literally is about space. Like in space, no one can hear you scream. Like it's it's you know such a part of of that idea. But I also had Hitchhikers. Uh, 2001 Guardians and Fifth Element um, all of which we were referenced um, Fifth Element is just so much fun I know it's campy as hell but Luke Besson's probably one of his best movies uh, outside of um, The Professional but uh, man it was maybe the last great action Bruce Willis movie like because I don't consider Unbreakable to be an action movie and I think Unbreakable is his last best movie but uh man fifth elements like you took john mcclain and put him in space you know <laughs> and <laughs> it just works for me uh, in a lot of ways because of that but um and then of course the star wars movies which i mentioned earlier i i purposely left them off my list i love all the star wars films even i i say that and i i hesitate because i don't love the prequels but i still i still will watch them 
because they're Star Wars movies, and I, I, you know, I just try to ignore the things I hate and only focus on the things I like of those films. Um, that said, that's our list, folks, for uh, top five movies about space. What did we leave off? Is there any big movies that you think should have been on one of our lists or that maybe we just haven't seen and you need to tell us about it? Please hit us up. Uh, you can email us, contact at BerkReviews.com. Again, contact at BerkReviews.com or follow us on social media and you can hit us up there. I am at BerkReviews. Corey? At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And Mikey? At ServerMonkey. And, um... For you know, check out BerkReviews.com where all of our reviews are. Uh, where we post the podcast, and we, of course, if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and or Spotify or wherever you listen to us, as it helps other people find our show. Um, thank you for listening, and until next time, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not. And check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts, covering the entire movie verse. There's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. <laughs>